0: Floods of Justice is part of the Tennessee Holler podcast network Follow the Holler for relentless coverage Shining a light on injustices throughout Tennessee Find them online at tnholler.com And on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram At the TN Holler. On this episode of Floods of Justice We are talking John, Jesus, and Justice We'll be right back If you have your Bibles,
1: open them to Amos chapter 5 And I want to read verse 24 Prophet Amos
0: says, I want to see a
1: mighty flood of justice, justice, justice.
0: Bloods of Justice podcast looks at the issues of our day from a biblical perspective without the labels. Led by Reverend Dr. Kevin Riggs, affectionately known as Pastor Kevin or Rev Kev, he is the senior pastor of Franklin Community Church and founder of Franklin Community Development in Franklin, Tennessee. He is also a published author, teacher, professor, activist, abolitionist, husband, father, grandfather, scuba diver, and coffee connoisseur, which is why this podcast is brought to you from the coffee house at Second and Bridge in downtown Franklin. Let's begin the conversation. Good to see you, Pastor Kevin. Well, good to see you. Yeah. Good to see you. It's kind of almost feels like a fall day out there. I know the temperature has dropped this week. Yeah. Um, things have been improving. I have family back in Washington State, so the uh-huh. rain has been welcomed with their orange skies and the yeah. smoky skies. They had blue skies this weekend, so those of you in Washington State, San Francisco, California, hopefully yeah. you're having better breathing air. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully that'll hopefully the.
1: Fires are about over. I haven't really heard much uh, about it lately. There's other things that keep popping up in the news. That, really, that something else is <laughs> going on in this world. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really want to talk about taxes right now. But, oh uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. Or lack thereof, <laughs> or lack thereof. But I'm thinking, man, I struggle to pay my taxes every year and uh, spend. And I, uh, I could swing 750. Yeah, I'd be, I, I could I'd do be, that. I'd be thrilled to death if yeah. that's all my taxes. Where do I sign? <laughs> Sign me up for that deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but anyway, that, that's not what we're going to talk about today. So, uh, uh, yeah. So just uh, just keep that
0: in mind. We're not we're not talking about that. But. No, no. This this episode, we are going to be listening to a sermon that you recently preached to a church here in Nashville. This is your second yeah. time uh, with with that group, so that's kind of exciting.
1: To yeah, it's a pastor friend of mine, Pastor Kurt Atkinson, in Nashville, pastors All, All Souls Church, and uh, he's been kind enough to let me come preach twice during this pandemic, <clears throat> so we can you know show up record it and then they they show it on there. Yeah. on their um channel um you know on Sunday mornings and and uh, every time he wants me to come he wants me to talk about justice. So if you go to our church's YouTube page and look back uh, a couple months you'll see one sermon. That's a rare Yeah. in
0: America yeah. for a pastor to ask you to come and speak yeah, on he justice. Wa- yeah, he
1: wants me to come speak on justice and uh um and so when he asked me again I was like, "Well, what do you want me to talk about?" And he said, "Well, do justice again." And so a few years back, I preached a series of sermons through uh, Malachi, and, um, and so I pulled, that one. I pulled one of those sermons um, and uh, kind of redid it a little bit, uh, updated it just a little bit, and then uh, preached it, and, uh, and the title of it is John, Jesus, and Justice. And If you listen to it, you'll see why that's the title. In reality, if I retitled it, it would be John, Jesus, Judgment, and Justice, but yeah. But just John, Jesus, and justice is really the title of
0: it right now it's from Malachi two seventeen through three five. Well, we're going to be including the audio from that after this brief discussion we have uh, here on on the sermon. So stay tuned, and you will you will have the complete sermon to listen to on the podcast. So
1: yeah, well, you heard it. Um, so you know, to put it in a little bit of context, Malachi is a very very uh, harsh prophet. You know, the prophet Malachi was very very harsh to the people of God, and mainly the priests and the Levites, and so the church, basically, and the church leaders. And uh, he basically says, you know, you do, everything you're doing is, is wrong, and either stop what you're doing and do the right thing or shut your doors, and the right thing was justice. They were, uh, they were neglecting the poor, they were neglecting those things that a lot of the prophets talked about, and he says that their worship was contemptible,
0: yeah. and...
1: Uh, uh, and you know, again, without sounding too judgmental, I, I was watching over the news some of the highlights of the. There was a big march in Washington D.C., a big worship service, and and, uh, and Malachi's words. As I was watching that, Malachi's words were coming to my mind of, you know, is God pleased with this, or is it, or is this contemptible because of the the needy are are uh, you know their, their needs aren't being met? Uh, but yeah, we have wonderful worship services, and that's what was going on in Malachi's day, and that's what he condemned them about. But anyway, you. Your thoughts. You heard it, so
0: yeah, yeah. I'll put you on the spot. Sure. Be kind. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing but kind words for you. I mean, the, the message of the sermon resonated hugely with why I've been off Facebook for a couple weeks. <laughs> like just the, fr- <laughs> the frustration of you, you know, you hear people professing uh, Christians. Who are just complaining, going? We need to stop focusing on this racial stuff or this conflict stuff. We need to focus on the gospel. We need to focus on Jesus. If you cared about uh, Jesus as much as you care, I know you've heard that direct oh, statement. Yeah, yeah. If you care about Jesus as much as you care about you know social justice, we'd be in a lot better situation. And it's just the the hypocrisy and the the blind spot is is baffling to me in this in this country and the. You know the fact that it's it's gone so partisan is is deeply upsetting. Like if it yeah. were, if it were just the general population and it was consistent between Democrats and Republicans that there was kind of an equal amount that were neglecting the the poor and the marginalized, then you go, okay, this is this is a human nature issue. But when you've got a particular group of people who claim to be the Christian party and 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 they're the ones that you know. There's the verse of you, will, they will know you by your fruit. And yep. their fruit is nothing but uh, out with the immigrant uh, to death with the prisoner, keep them out, not in my backyard. Yeah. That attitude, like, <laughs> I've, I've, maybe selfishly, but I've often prayed, like, God, will you just mute some people? Like, just strike them mute, just for a little <laughs> bit. Like, I'm not. I'm not talking for the rest of their lives, but just to get their attention. People that have really big microphones in this country and really big churches in this country, just shut their trap for a bit. Well, you sound like the prophet Malachi (laughs) um,
1: because that's exactly what he's in. In chapter 2, verse 17, so this is the beginning of the message. God says through his prophet to the preachers, I am weary with your words. I'm tired of hearing you. Tired of hearing you. And they were elegant speakers. Yeah. You know, and, and, I, that, and I use myself as an example, you'll hear in the sermon, because uh, I just, I, you know, I've received my criticism <laughs> throughout the day. But, uh, but to hear God tell me, I'm really just tired of listening to your sermons. That yeah. would, yeah. I, boy, you, I don't know if you'd Ooh. overcome that. Yeah. But that's exactly, what, that's exactly what Malachi, and Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. And so the next time God speaks is he breaks through with Jesus and, um, and so who knows, maybe we're at that point where the final prophets are speaking to us again. And the next time God intervenes in history, it will be, um, you know, it'll be Jesus returning and, uh, uh but who knows, but anyway, so that, so that's the sermon. Um, you know, let me know what you think we're coming in we're getting close to our 50th episode.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's like 45, 46. And, um, so thank you for, for our listeners, um, and uh, keep listening, keep sharing. We would really like to build our audience. I think it's building, but you know it's building slowly. But we would really like to um, uh, build it. And so, send us a word, send us a message if you if you uh, like this particular sermon, or if you like any of our other um, podcast that we've done. And then uh, next week um, we got a two-parter that I that I want to talk about um, with the uh, critical race theory. So we'll get back to a topic next week. But um, I just thought, well, maybe this sermon needs to get out there for people to hear um, another sermon on justice and the importance of justice in our churches and
0: standing up for justice in our churches. So if you have uh, any particular uh, congregations or speakers in the country <laughs> that you would like to, to share this with, hopefully there's open ears. And I, I don't know, personally, I, I think of the, the, the verse, it's God corrects those whom he loves. So even if somebody is feels completely convicted by this message that you preach, it's not a bad thing. Like if God gets your attention and there's some uncomfortableness in that and you go, Oh, you know what, God, I was, I was way off. Thank you for grabbing my attention. Thank you for pulling me back onto the straighter path. So I don't mean that in a snarky way. I, I genuinely mean it as if, if this message is for you, I hope it finds you and I hope you receive it. And uh, without further ado, we'll go ahead and queue up the, the sermon. John, Jesus and justice.
1: Well, Thank you so much, Pastor Kirk. I appreciate you uh, having me out. It's always um, good to be asked to come speak somewhere. And then it's even better when they ask you to come back and speak again. Um, and so it wasn't just a one-time shot. And our church looks forward to hearing from you uh, as well. And I appreciate the time of worship um, very much, much needed. And uh, just to really appreciate that and appreciate this opportunity. The passage has already been read. We're going to go through it again, um, but um, hopefully you still have your Bibles open. But if not, it's, again, it's Malachi chapter 2, verses 17 through chapter 5, verse 3. And the title of the message is John, Jesus, and Justice. John, Jesus, and Justice. I was 15 years old when I started preaching. Um, eight years later, on, in August of 1989, I started pastoring my very first church. This November, I will be 55 years old. So I've been at this a long time. Not long ago, as I was thinking about these things, I tried to estimate. I, I, I do the best I can of keeping records of, of sermons, and I, and I tried to estimate. And I think, conservatively speaking, what that means from the age of 15 to a present, what that means is I've preached over 3,500 sermons, uh, now, if the average sermon is roughly around 30 minutes, you may disagree with that tonight. I don't know what, what you're used to, uh, but using just averages, if I've preached somewhere between 35 to 100 to 4,000 sermons, and they're roughly 30 minutes apiece, give or take, that means uh, that I have spoken for 2,000 hours straight without stopping. Now, that's almost 85 straight days of, of talking. And my wife, we were dating, or we were boyfriend and girlfriend when I answered the call, so she's been with me this whole way. We were high school sweethearts. And so my wife has heard more of my sermons than anyone else, and she still doesn't listen to me. Bless her heart. And I hope my sermons have um, have not wasted people's times, but more importantly, I hope that my sermons have not wasted God's time. So no matter how long a person has been in ministry, the prophet Malachi has some very disturbing words for people like me, and like people like your pastor, and even for our churches. The book of Malachi is really a series of seven short sermons, and today's text, Malachi chapter 2, verse 17, through chapter 3, verse 5, is the fifth of those seven sermons, These sermons were directed to the priest or to the pastors of Judah. Priests back then, but now pastors. And then as a result to the temple or to the church, to the people of God, but primarily to the leadership, to the priest. They had not been taking their job seriously. They had lost focus. And as a result in Malachi chapter one, as a result, Malachi says that the people's worship had become contemptible, is the word that he uses. And in another place, he uses abhorrent, that their worship was contemptible and their sacrifices had become meaningless. God's advice to them in Malachi chapter one, verse 10, God's advice to them was to either repent or shut the doors to the temple, the church. And so his advice was, look, you have not been doing what I've asked you to do, and so either repent or go home. Malachi's fifth sermon begins in a similar tone and gets quite personal very, very quickly. And so through his prophet, God says to the priest, or God says to the pastors, in Malachi chapter 2, verse 17, he says, you have wearied the Lord with your words. Wow. That hurts. God is saying to the priest, I can't listen to any more of your sermons. Now there's a prayer that every pastor I think knows. And the first time I saw this prayer, I was a young preacher and I'd been invited to this church. I think it was in Alabama. And when I got up to the pulpit to preach, this prayer was was written on an index card and taped on the podium. And here's what the prayer said. It said, Lord, Fill my mouth with worthwhile stuff and nudge me when I've said enough. And so in this verse, God is saying with a very big nudge, you have said enough. Over the years, I've had people get up in the middle of my sermons and leave because they didn't like what I was saying or what I was doing Over the last 30 plus years, I have had church members tell me they were leaving the church because they didn't like my preaching or I wasn't feeding them spiritually, which I still have no idea what that means. (laughs) I have gotten harsh emails from people about about my preaching. I have received my fair amount of, of criticisms and they all hurt. But one thing I don't think I could ever overcome would be to hear God say, Kevin, I am tired of listening to your sermons. And so I can imagine how the priest must have felt when they heard these words from Malachi. And so they ask the obvious question. God says, I am tired of your words, and then I am weary from your words. And so they ask, how have we wearied him? And God gives two reasons, and both of them are incredibly relevant. First, he says that their speaking had wearied him because they had compromised God's word. He says again in verse 17, the next phrase, they, they asked the question, how have we wearied him? And then here's the answer. By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord and is pleased with them. You've Compromised. You're not preaching repentance. You have feel-good sermons. It doesn't matter what somebody is saying. You're saying, oh, it's okay. God is still pleased. You're still still fine. So they'd compromise. But then the second reason God was wearied from their words was because they questioned the very character of God. Look what he says at the end of verse 17. The first reason that that God is weary, you've compromised. And then he says, or you've asked this question, where is the God of justice? Another way of asking that question is, if God exists, where is he? Now this is a rhetorical question. They, they really weren't concerned with, with the exact location of God. In context, and this is based on the other sermons leading up to this, in context, they were asking something like this. They were asking, with all of the violence and everything going on in the world, is God really upset with us and our little sins? I mean, all the evil in the world, God's really upset that I got mad and cussed somebody out? Are you kidding me? That's kind of what they were asking. Where is God? Is God really upset that our worship is not authentic when there are children being abused and children who are dying from hunger and when innocent people die from violence every day? Is God really. What kind of God is that? What kind of God is upset with little old me when there is so much injustice in the world? That's what they were asking. These type of questions get at the very heart of who God is, because God is very much a God of justice. And so this sermon, the fifth sermon from, uh, from God, through His servant Malachi, God is answering the question: Where is the God of justice? Where is He? Now Malachi chapter three verse one is extremely important. In this one verse, Malachi prophesies the coming of two messengers. Now, the word Malachi, the name Malachi means messenger. So, you know, I like to think that it was a real person named Malachi, but it could have just been a prophet who wrote this down and used this word because there's a message. Messenger. Look what he says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. He said, and remember, he's answering that question. Where is the God of justice? See, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Two messengers are coming, Malachi says. The first messenger God sends, he sends this messenger to prepare the way for the more important messenger. Now, does that sound familiar? Some 400 years later, quoting from a similar prophecy made by the prophet Isaiah, Matthew writes these words. He says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. So thus Malachi is prophesying about the coming of John the Baptist, the messenger who preceded the messenger." And then he continues in verse 1. Then suddenly, the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant, whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. And so the first messenger, John the Baptist, prepares the way for the second messenger. And the second messenger, Malachi, says he's going to come quickly, and he's the messenger of the covenant. Now, who is that? Right? It's obvious that this prophecy is about the coming of Jesus. And so Malachi says that the people are seeking and desiring this messenger. And so the people ask, Where is the God of justice? And God answers, He's coming soon. Now, it's 400 years between Malachi and Matthew, but in eternity, that's He's coming soon. And when he comes, Malachi is saying, he is going to bring justice with him. But Malachi's prophecy about the coming of Jesus is really a little different than other prophecies about the coming of Jesus. In in Malachi's prophecy, the best way to understand it is that it's really a double prophecy. That Malachi is predicting both the first coming and the second coming. The first advent and the second one. He says, first, Jesus will come to his temple. So Jesus was dedicated uh, in the temple when he was eight days old. And then years later, he went back to the temple to overturn the tables. So he came to his temple. And this first Jesus' first coming was marked by grace. That's the covenant. But his second coming, Malachi says, will be marked by judgment. However, and please hear me on this. However... Even God's judgment is marked by grace. And so Malachi writes in chapter three, verse two, who can endure, you've been waiting for this, that's the first one, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. I think the version your pastor read was fuller's soap. A launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness, and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in the days gone by, as in former years. The judgment of Christ, Malachi says, will be severe. He says, Who can endure? who can stand. However, instead of his judgment being a destructive, punitive judgment, instead of his fire being a destructive, punitive fire, Christ's judgment, Malachi says, is a refiner's fire. A refiner's fire removes the impurity and makes the metal stronger and after the metal goes through the refiner's fire, a launderer soap or a fuller soap is used to clean and polish the metal. Thus, God's judgment is redemptive and restorative, not just punitive. You see this redemption and restorative aspect when Malachi says that he will purify the Levites. Now, if you read the other four sermons, the Levites were his main target. <laughs> you're the ones who are doing wrong. You're the ones who have made worship contemptible. You're the ones who have compromised God's word. You're the, you're the ones who are questioning the character of God. And judgment's going to come, but it's going to purify you, it's going to make you stronger. You see. It's going to refine you, he says, like gold and silver. And then he says, then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings to Judah and Jerusalem as in the days gone by. In other words, God has said, your offerings are meaningless. Your worship is contemptible. But, God, but after Jesus comes and he refines you, guess what? People are going to come back again. They're going to come back and it's going to be like the days of old. Now remember, the people were asking, Where is this God of justice? And God answers. He is coming soon. And you may not like it when he comes at first. But you will be refined and then you will experience what justice looks like. So what does justice look like? Well, remember, the people's worship to God had become meaningless. The reason God was tired of their preaching was because their preaching wasn't transforming the neighborhood around them, nor the society and the culture at large. As a result, their work in the community was wanting. In other words, they had, beautiful, they had a beautiful temple to worship in, but their neighbors were in need. You see, justice is at the heart of who God is and what he wants his people to be and do. And so it should come as no surprise that following these harsh words and prophecies about John and Jesus, Malachi describes what justice will look like. And so he writes in verse 5. So I will come near to you. For judgment, I will be quick to testify, notice this, against sorcerers, idolaters, and perjurers. Now, we could go on and on about what all those mean, but let me just kind of boil it down. Those are three representative groups of people. Doesn't mean that God's only going to judge those people. He's just kind of using those as representatives. And what all three of those representative groups of people have in common is that they are deceivers, manipulators, liars, and cheats. I mean, that's what sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers are. And so they abuse themselves and they abuse others. And Malachi says what they do is unjust and God then is gonna come and he's gonna judge them. And then he continues in, verse, in the rest of verse five. He mentions uh, sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers. And then he says against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widow and the fatherless, and deprive aliens of justice. Now, while sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers are representative of people who deceive, manipulate, lie, and cheat, the three categories of people he mentions next, defrauding wages, not paying a livable wage, overlooking the orphans and the widows, they're always combined together, and mistreating the aliens, the foreigners. The three categories of people mentioned next represent people who carry, who carry out injustice by oppressing the most vulnerable people around them. And so there's six categories here. And here's how it works, or at least the way I see it. Six categories are representative groups. The first three have to do with personal injustice, and the, and the last three have to do with social injustice, systemic injustice. So among other things, injustice includes deceiving, manipulating, lying, cheating, and oppressing. Injustice includes how we treat persons personally and how our systems oppress others while benefiting others. And I'm here to tell you from experience, you preach against personal sins, sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, People will tell you you're preaching the gospel. But preach against social sins, the economy, welfare, uh, immigration, and you'll be called a liberal, a socialist, a communist, a Marxist, or worst of all, people will call you a Democrat. (laughs) But if you don't address both personal and social sins... God says, I am weary with your words. And so employees who pocket more and more profit while refusing to pay their employees a fair, livable wage, God says, are unjust, and I will judge them. And he's talking about the people of God who are doing that thing. Throughout the Old Testament, the verses about our responsibility to take care of widow and fatherless are numerous. The Hebrew idea of widow denotes not just a woman whose husband has died, but also a once married woman who is now divorced or an abandoned woman who is now in need of financial and legal support because they had no equal standing with men back then. And then by by pairing widows and fatherless with the widows with the fatherless and the orphans, God is telling us the importance of walking beside single moms. The next phrase is extremely relevant in our present day situation. Malachi says, don't deprive aliens of justice. Alien, of course, is an immigrant. The Pew Research Center recently released a study where they found that white evangelicals are the most rabidly anti-immigration people in America. (laughs) I wonder, I read that, and I go, what Bible are they reading? Jesus clearly states that we are to welcome the immigrant, not mistreat them, not abuse them, and nowhere in Scripture do you find a difference between legal and, and not legal. Every human being is legal don't deprive them we need to hear God's warning here we need to listen to his seriousness God will judge his people and he will judge countries based on how they treat the most vulnerable people among them Justice is not defined by how well the economy is doing or how many people we have incarcerated or the median price of homes in our community or how strong our borders are. Justice is defined by the outcast, the marginalized, and the vulnerable. Some people define an overemphasis on social issues as the social gospel. Jesus defines it as the kingdom of God. The prophet Micah says, if a church is not involved in social issues, its worship is abhorrent to Almighty God. God says, either care for the least of these or shut your doors. So the people asked, Where's the God of justice? And God answers that he will send a messenger to prepare the way for the messenger who is the God of justice. He then calls the people to repentance for not fighting for justice. And so the outline is John Jesus justice. On the way over here, as I was going through this, I thought, well, actually, it should be John Jesus judgment justice. But before God says all of that, He says, You have wearied the Lord with your words. So, what God is really saying through Malachi is less talk, more action. Less preaching, more advocacy. It's time the church goes public with her faith. Not just in our words, but more importantly, by our actions and our advocacy. What does justice look like? It looks like Jesus. And Jesus defined justice perfectly when he said, do to others what you would have them do to you. Church, If we can't do that, we might as well lock our doors. Everything else is abhorrent to God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time together. And Lord, I pray that your word has gone out with grace. This is a a tough word. Your prophets um, gave tough words. But Lord, help us to realize, first of all, that when you judge us, that judgment is still full of grace. It's not to destroy us, but to refine us. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for your gracious judgment. And Lord, I pray that you would forgive me of of, um, the times where I'm sure you've gotten weary of my words um, and have focused on other things besides what your word says to focus on. And so I pray for my church in this. I pray for All Souls Church, Lord. I pray that during this time when, when we are forced to do things differently as a church, that that will push us to do things that we should have been doing all along to speak out for justice, to preach not only against those personal sins, but to to speak and to preach about those societal sins, those systems that we have that are corrupt. Lord, you came to save the world. So may we show the love of Christ to other people by treating people the way that we want to be treated. And may we understand that to be like Jesus means that we stand up for justice. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: The Floods of Justice podcast looks at the issues of our day from a biblical perspective without the labels. Join the conversation online at floodsofjustice.com or find the Reverend Dr. Kevin Riggs on Twitter at Riggs underscore Kevin. Bloods of Justice is part of the Tennessee Holler podcast network. Follow the Holler for relentless coverage, shining a light on injustices throughout Tennessee. Find them online at tnholler.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the TN Holler.